ladies and gentlemen. Only the best internet radio station <laughs> in the world. Oh, yeah! No, the universe. Dakota iRadio Network. Backed by popular demand. Woo! Now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. I'm your DJ. DJ Barbecue. It's done over This is Uncut Live, and I'm DJ Barbecue, powered by KBAC.Rocks. Rock radio the way rock radio should be. Midwest All Pro Wrestling. Go to MidwestAllProWrestling.com. Get tickets and feel the excitement. Jekyll and Hyde Barbecue, our brothers from another mother. They make barbecue so good, they'll put a smile on your face. And Remedy Brewing Company, it's the remedy for what ails you. On today's show, I'm DJ Barbecue, and we have a great, great guest. He's an icon. He's a legend. He's a pro wrestling superstar. He's a big staple on the reason why professional wrestling is going strong today. He is OVW legend, a former WWE superstar, former Impact superstar. He is none other than... Mr. Al Snow, and we want to give a huge shout out to our supporting friend, James P. Warholic, for helping set this up. Let's get with the show. Let's go. Thank you for calling in uh, to the show here on the Kodai Radio Network. Um, for some of the fans and viewers that probably don't know who you are, because there might be some of them, and, and hopefully there's not a lot of them, uh, do you just want to tell them exactly who you are? And what you've been up to? Uh, my name is Al Snow. I'm a former WWE superstar. Uh, I've been in the wrestling business for 38 years now, um, and <clears throat> worked for every major, every company, uh, every name it, you know, put a W in it. I've probably worked for them at some point in time, um, either as a wrestler, trainer, or producer. Right on. Um, one thing that really intrigues me that uh, kind of happened in this last year, I think, I might my time schedule might be off, but it had to do with OVW in the school. And I remember always liking OVW as a kid, uh, and it was kind of weird that, you know, I eventually ended up meeting uh, Mr. Eugene. Uh, and then I see that you were on a couple YouTubes announcing something to do with OVW. And I might be wrong, so please correct me uh, and feel free to do that. Um you guys are making that school kind of like more of a tech school kind of concept to where kids can actually get like, you know, a scholarship or something to go there. Uh, like, you know, like it's a registered school. Yes. Um, what we've done is we're the first ever in the world, quite honestly, that um, we got accredited by the state office of proprietary education. 
state office <clears throat> of proprietary education oversees uh, all of the trade schools, universities, all the secondary education uh, after high school. Um, and so we have, we've actually gotten accreditation as a uh, legitimate trade school for professional wrestling, sports entertainment, and broadcasting. Um, and the idea, the goal is to not just instruct young men and women how to just perform in the ring, but to also teach them all aspects of professional wrestling from uh, backstage production, lighting, sound, camera operation, live event management, um, personal finance management, uh, business man finance management, um, social media management. Um, you know, we teach a, a history and etiquette course on professional wrestling. Uh, we teach an uh, English course, um, how, you know, so they can use proper grammar and, right. and learn how to write their own press releases and uh, et cetera. Um, and we also uh, teach the sports and nutrition class um, so that not only will they, at the end of a two-year program, will they be a certified uh, professional wrestler and broadcast, um, they will also be a certified personal trainer. Awesome. Where did this all come up with? Did you have this idea like earlier in your career when you first started, or did this come up just recently after you started working with uh, OVW? I've always had the idea. I always felt that uh, professional wrestling training is not like going to the, your local martial arts academy or boxing or MMA. Yeah, you're actually teaching these young men and women skills to pursue a vocation. And as such, you know, it should be treated much like going to a college or university. It should, should be treated like it's a gym. Right. Um, and uh, I've always had that, had that opinion, and, and, uh, and I feel like uh, part of what has led to the degradation of the wrestling business has been the proliferation of wrestling schools around the country. Um, with no real standards uh, of uh, what's acceptable as far as, you know, trainers and their experience levels and their ability, uh, where they've been, what they've done, what they've accomplished, to be able to communicate that to uh, students. Uh, and then the students themselves have no real standards. Um, even in the states, they're governed by uh, athletic commissions, wrestling and boxing commissions. Now, there's some standards as far as not just from a uh, uh, aesthetic point of view, but also from an athletic point of view. There's some real standards, you know. And there's so many young men and women out there. I've went around all lot tons of independent wrestling shows, and you know they treat this as if it's a joke, yeah, like it's a hobby. It's just a weekend uh, pastime, you know, that they pursue. And as a result, they're in no real physical condition to get in there and to, and are improperly trained. Right. Uh, or, or very, very little training, not a sufficient amount, and are put in there and, you know, um, are in the ring with another person and are doing things that are not in physical condition or trained to do properly you know, risking injury to both themselves and the other person that could literally alter their lives, you know, or, or kill them. 
Right. And um, so I just found that it was insulting and absurd that my wife, who is a licensed masseuse, um, you know, she or if you wanted to be in any state in the union, you want to be a masseuse, you want to be a hairdresser, you want to be a barber, you want to be a mortician, for God's sakes. Right. You have to go to a state-accredited school. Yep. You have to complete, you have to be taught by a state-accredited teacher. You have to be taught a certain number of state-approved hours. And then you've got to you know, have a certain amount of residency training, uh, actual supervised experience. And then you take a test um, before you can ever be licensed as a professional masseuse, hairdresser, etc. Right. Massage um, therapist, in professional yeah. wrestling, all you got to do is just take a physical, pay the licensing fee, and to buy you're a wrestler. Yeah. There's no standard. There's no there's no bar. Um, there's no bar set at in regards to that. And I just found that it was insulting and absurd. And it took us a very long time to uh, achieve it. Uh, it took over a year um, to achieve it, but we are the first ever accredited, state accredited, um, professional wrestling school. Um, I, I didn't even know that they weren't, you didn't have to be licensed. I thought that's something that you had to do because I know when I was helping, uh, Eugene, uh, do a show here in the city that I live in, in Vermillion, South Dakota, we had to have insurance on the venue that we were at. And so I had no idea. So that's really, um, that's well, cool. You have to have insurance with promoter, wrestlers themselves. You know, in some states, if they're not controlled by an athletic commission of any sort, they don't even have to have a license. Oh, wow. Um, and then in, in the states that do, they just do a physical, do some blood work, and um, pay their fee, and then they're licensed. Okay. So that's you know that's uh, there's no there's no set standards anywhere. Oh wow. To say that you know a person needs to be trained, be trained by this type of trainer, and for this length of time. Now, if anyone wanted to go down there and get certified to be a um, let's say open up a school. Can they go down to your school and actually pay the whatever the 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 bills are to be able to take the courses and be that like you know registered to actually go and open up a school if they wanted to? Is that an option? But they can't open up a school. They can't open up a school because the requirements for opening up a school are a lot different than the requirements for being oh. a professional wrestler. Oh, okay. The, okay. the key the key to uh, knowledge, okay, real knowledge, not what everybody thinks is knowledge, because we live in a day and age of, of information. Yep. And so everybody thinks that just because they have access to information, that now means they have knowledge. Nothing can be further from the truth. Right. You need to have a commensurate amount of experience to have a certain level of knowledge. And if you don't have that experience, there's no way that you can potentially or possibly properly teach someone the skills to be able to take advantage of any opportunities that might present themselves in professional wrestling if you've not had those experiences yourself exactly. even if they're they didn't pan out for you right at least you had the experience now you have an understanding of what works why it works and what doesn't and why it doesn't yeah i mean you're right a lot of people think just because they've either sat there and watched it or maybe they've you know been in the ring maybe once or whatever they think that they know it all because you know, we have the World Wide Web. Um, I just had to ask that question because I didn't know if somebody was going to potentially just hear this and go, oh, well, I could go down there and do that and then do my own thing, I guess. Um, you, you've you recently 
Um, and I've been noticing that you've, I mean, no, I'm not saying this, you know, in, in disregard or anything, but you look a lot more healthier and a lot more, um, built than you were when I seen you on TV as a young kid. Um, what, uh, have you been doing with your weight regimen and health? Cause you said that your, your wife, um, was doing, um, some of the stuff that she was doing with, you know, with health and stuff. What about the health and fitness that you can like, you know, give some of the viewers, that are kind of like looking like, like with myself, I kind of get discouraged every once in a while I go and lift. I used to, I had a back injury and then I kind of get discouraged. Cause it's like, Oh, it's just not working quick enough. Is there any kind of um, positive influence that you can give the viewers? I just, I would suggest <clears throat> two big things. One is, you know, do compound or functional lifting. That's what changed for me is that the biggest thing was that I, started doing more compound movements and doing more functional movements. Um, and that altered physically a lot of, a lot of, if I hadn't really devoted a lot of time to properly or intensely exercising my lower body. And, and I pretty much do almost every day now work my legs to some degree or another, because they're the basis for everything else. And, you know, all of your development, um, physically from head to toe. And, uh, you know, they are really the key. Um, squats, uh, deadlifts, uh, kettlebell usage, you know, things like that. Um, you know, I, st I haven't bench pressed and laid on a bench and took a straight bar and done a bench press for probably, God, I don't know, eight, ten years. Um, I just stopped doing it because I did some investigation years ago and found, you know, a, a website that had like old time strongmen from like the late 1800s, early, early 1900s and old time wrestlers like George Hackenschmidt and Herbert Burns and guys like that. And they were just built incredibly and looked amazing. They didn't have, you know, certainly didn't have steroids back then. They didn't even know what a calorie was, let alone carbs or protein, anything right. of that nature. I thought, well, if they look that amazing, I'm going to start training like them. And that's all I did. I literally started training like, like all-time wrestlers, all-time strongmen. Right. And, it, and then watched what I ate, and uh, it started making a huge difference. And I still, to this day, that's what I do. Yeah, I mean, there was a time where I remember watching um, my son was at his grandpa's house, and it was my ex-father-in-law's. Uh, God rest his soul. We were watching it, and you guys—I think at this point you were working for uh, TNA or Impact at the time. Uh, and I told my ex-father-in-law, I was like, "Man, I, is that Al Snow?" And he looks and he goes, "Yeah, that's Al Snow." And I was like, "Wow, he looks great. He looks a lot better." Not to say that you were, you know, I mean, you were better than what I looked at when I was, you know, in school and and health-wise back then. But I just thought it was amazing, and I had to give you props for that because I, I think it's. Um, it just says how determined and how um, uh, positive that you have been um, just, you know, in the health industry and in professional wrestling. Um, now, with food, is there anything different? Because, like, with me, I always like grilling um, or steaming or uh, smoking food. Now, I don't like the greasy stuff. And a lot of people that know me would kind of like, oh, really? Because you're kind of a really, you know, big guy. Well... I, that, that grease stuff like i always have to wash my hamburger meat after i cook it because of the grease 
um, if I ground it up. Um, what are some of the things that you recommend or what you have been doing for like eating wise that have changed? Well, I, you know, first, the one thing I did was I tried to watch my carb intake and all of that, but I just recently, um, with my business partners, uh, there's a place called PFR, which is performance fitness and rehabilitation. And they have a, a piece of equipment and it's called an R. They do an RMR test, which is a resting metabolic rate test. Okay. And they tell you what kind of a burner you are, whether you're a fat burner, carb burner, protein burner. And, um, you know, you just sit and you breathe into a tube for about 20 minutes and, um, and it gives you a resting uh, metabolic rate. And then, like I said, determines just exactly what it is you burn for energy. And uh, it turned out that I was a fat burner. Um, so what I try to do each day is I just, and I have my little <clears throat> fitness pal app that I sit here and I uh, record what I eat. And, you know, I have the limits in regards to how many carbs, how much protein, and how much fat I can take in. And I always try to make sure that my fat intake is at that limit or less <clears throat> so that I can hopefully try to lean out and lose some weight. Right. Have you seen a difference between what it was when you first uh, started pro wrestling with like food wise? How it, is it harder to kind of keep the calories away out of the food that you eat just because of how much filler a lot of the, you know, businesses have put in? Like I noticed. Oh, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot harder now than what it used to be. That's for sure. We used to do um, a pasta it, meal. You know, used yeah. to, it wasn't hard to keep calories away because I wasn't making enough money to eat. So. Oh, yeah. Um, um, well, some of the stuff that you've noticed, like from when you started to now, what has changed with like the resting to technique? I mean, you've you've were trained a certain way. Um, and I know like a lot of the kids uh, that are out there and athletes are trained another way. In some cases, it depends on who who their trainer is. But have you seen any difference? Uh, unfortunately, everybody's being trained the same way nowadays. Okay. Um, being taught that stupid seven step formula, um, and they're, you know, uh, that everybody's adopted, and uh, and you know, they're. Uh, um, they're all taught the same way with that same formula, and then they're all taught to sell what they do, not who they are or why they do it. And that's what we've departed from. Um, you know, we've really gotten very far away from that. And as a result, it's just, it's not working. Um, you know, what, what drives an audience to want to watch anything, really? Um, and, you know, whether it be... Uh, Football, baseball, basketball, football, you know, UFC uh, is not the what they do. It's the who they are, right. why they do it. Kyle McGregor and, uh, God, I forgot the boxer's name, with Floyd Mayweather. It wasn't the it wasn't the fight. It wasn't it was who they were that was what, you know, sold that fight. Right. You know, their ability to talk and sell and, the, you know, the why and the interest in seeing what would happen. That was all driven by who they were. Right. Not on not on what they were going to do. Well, I mean, um, look at Tito Ortiz. He knew how to sell tickets when he was going against Alberto Del Rio in this last weekend. You know, people had a complaint well, about the, that. Uh, that is performers and... Okay, I'll get this. 
it's a, it's a wrestler's job to sell tickets to motivate people to leave their house right. and want to pay to see them. Otherwise, I don't care how physically good they are in the ring if nobody shows up to watch them. It's a, it's wasted time and motion. Right. So, and wasted money. Um, um, everybody wants, you know, promoters want a return on their investment because everything that's done with them is an investment of time and money, and they want that one back. You know, they want that money back. Plus, they want to be able to make money. Right. And uh, you know, if an audience doesn't show up in greater and greater numbers then there's no point in continuing to push, promote, or try to capitalize on what the performers are doing. Right. Say, one of the other co-hosts, uh, Dave Smith, uh, wanted to ask, uh, what do you think is the most overused move in wrestling right now? Super kick. The super kick? Um, and the false, false finish. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. The one thing, um, and I want you to correct me on this, as somebody that watches it, and I've, you know, watched the independence. I'm a huge supporter of, of Eugene's Midwest all pro wrestling. They're actually a sponsor for the, the show here. Um, the, it seems like everybody's doing the same matches anymore. Now, am I wrong to think that formula? They're all taught the same formula. That seven step formula. And the one biggest problem with that seven step formula is that everybody does the exact same match. Um, so now nobody stands out from anybody because if you watch match one, match one is the same as match 10. Right. Um, you know, uh, there's no variety. There's no difference. There's no, there's no change from match to match. And, and the wrestlers are completely nondescript because they're not trying to convince you of who they are or why they're doing it. Right. They're trying to convince you of what they do. Right. And that will never happen. They'll never, con- they'll never be able to convince an audience of what you do because nobody has ever done it in the wrestling ring before. So they can't relate physically to what's happening. They can only relate to who that person is and why they do it. Right. Um, Cole, uh, Candace's brother wanted me to relay this to you. He just sent me this message. He goes, he wanted to tell you how much he loves your work. He's tremendously, uh, you're a tremendous performer. Uh, in all assets of the business, absolutely one of my favorite performers. I wanted to say that I have even more respect for him, um, having heard nothing but glowing reviews from his sister uh, and the experience. Well, of tell him, with- tell him that in 38 years, I've had, I can't count the number of people, both men and women, that have walked up to me and have said the following statement. Oh, I'll do anything to be a professional, so to be successful, to... You know, to make it, I'll do anything. And I'll be like, all the time, I'll say, well, we'll see. Because I judge people on what they do, not what they say. Right. Only one person in 38 years, when I gave them advice, actually went and did it. One person. One singular person in 38 years, and quite honestly, thousands of people that have told me, I'll do anything, just tell me what do I need to do. Right. To be a professional wrestler, to be a success. One person, and that was Candice LeRae. Wow. That's very cool. She's the only one that's ever done what I told her to do. I, I, uh, I, 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 before I even knew uh, Cole, I always told everybody else that Candice was underutilized in some areas because I've watched her old matches and in independence, and I was just amazed. 
Like she 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 can legitimately go. Um, when she wrestled uh, Shayna Baszler, who I'm friends with with Shayna's dad, um, the I think their match could be, you know, just outstanding if they would give a given a chance a little to do a little bit more. Um, but yeah, she's <laughs> doing a little bit more. Don't mean nothing. Yeah. That's the problem. Okay. Is that you and the wrestlers all have the same mindset. Well, they just need to be given a chance to do a little bit more. Okay. You're not listening. That wasn't, that's not what sells that match. What would sell that match is not what they do if they, because they can do a shit ton more. They can do a ton more. If okay. they, want. they ain't going to get them over. They ain't going to make nobody buy a ticket. Right. They spend that time in that ring selling who they are and why they're out there trying to win. Uh, okay. Now they're actually starting to tell a story. Right. Okay. Now they're actually invoking some kind of emotion. But you and everyone else today, you want them to do more physically because that's what matters. That's oh, what's okay. important. The moves are what matter. Yeah. And they're not. They're okay. the least important thing. I, I see that. Yeah. I've been naive. I'll admit it. Um, uh yeah yeah that that's definitely true i need to start realizing that a little bit more and that that's the honest truth um with with uh other avenues in your life that you've been doing um collar and elbow came up and i know that that was really popular with us around here uh in uh -huh. in the midwest how did that all come about i was approached by my partner rod uh, hicks um we got to talking and we had discuss the fact that, you know, other sports, um, such as, you know, uh, football has Under Armour, basketball has Nike, right? baseball had, you know, it, they've all got, they've got some kind of brand um, for their fans that represents really the essence of what the sport is. And, you know, unless you're, you know, you buy pro wrestling tees or you went to, you know, a t-shirt from pro wrestling tees, which is great. Or you buy a wrestling shirt from WWE, you know, you know, and they're all pretty much, you know, the styles and the designs and everything pretty much scream, Hey, I'm a pro wrestling fan. So you can, you know, if you're wear, wearing those shirts in a, a regular setting, you're inevitably going to get the conversation starter of, Oh, you like wrestling? You know, that's thing. And it's like, well, congratulations, Angela Lansbury. Um, you know, you've moved on from Murder, She Wrote to even more uh, elaborate mysteries and took you a while to figure that one out, didn't it? Right. You know, we got news for everybody out there. Everybody has known since the 20s that professional wrestling is fake, that it's predetermined. Okay? Yeah. And that just proves my point of trying to convince an audience of what you do, you know, they're not buying a ticket to believe in what you do because they've, they've known that you're not trying to win when you're out there. They know it's not a competitive situation, but they want to be convinced that it's a competitive situation, not what you're, why you're doing it. Right. And, um, and they've, you know, people have shown up by the thousands for decades, uh, through the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. I mean, the wrestling businesses. Has been is well over a hundred years old, so uh, the inc incarnation that we have right now, and uh, that's all directly because of of you know the why. So with collar and elbow, you know we tried to come up with designs that have aspects of 
things that if you're a wrestling fan, you can see the shirt and you're like, oh, I get it. I, yeah, I pick up on what that is, you know. Um, if you're not a wrestling fan, you just say, oh, it's a cool shirt. Right. You, know, you don't get it. You don't know because you're not a wrestling fan. Um, and we tried to get really high quality, the really soft, you know, T-shirts, but like when yep. you, you'll dig through your drawer to find because you want to wear that same shirt every day. Yeah. So we try to use the, that kind of material and, and then just try to come up with really uh, nice designs that, you know, speak to the wrestling fans. And without screaming, hey, I'm a wrestling fan. Yeah. I, no, there's no, there's no, uh, no diss on being a wrestling fan at all. But. Right. No, I love, I love the collar and elbow product. Um, there is a really cool one that Midwest All Pro Wrestling has. Uh, it looks like kind of the old 80s G.I. Joe. Um, and I, yeah. I absolutely loved it. My son has one. I don't know where he's he put it, but yeah, it's it's a really cool thing. Um, what was your favorite place to to wrestle at, like building wise, city? Well, it was fun in the ECW arena, the, the old Alhambra arena, um, the Bingo Hall was always fun because the crowd tried to be more of the show than the show was. Yeah. Um, you know, Queens with the Elks Lodge was fun, same same environment, but uh, you know, WWE wise, um, like Milwaukee was always fantastic. Chicago is always was always awesome to go to. Uh, LA, surprisingly, LA and uh, Anaheim when we used to go out to Anaheim instead of to the Staples Center for the Staples Center, um, that was a blast. That was a great uh, place to go. Um, um, New Orleans uh, it's a lot of fun uh, a lot of the upstate uh, New York towns were always you know really fun to go to and be a part of um, in those areas Midwest like Detroit was always awesome because that's what you know I got a lot of, a big part of my start in Detroit at Cobo Hall and you know getting to go back to Detroit was always cool and um Cincinnati because I'd gotten started in Cincinnati Gardens and all that. That was that was awesome. They always work there, that building. So, with um, with you in Detroit, but, uh, who, who was your <laughs> what was your first uh, match in Detroit? You said that you got your start, and that's basically. Well, I I had my first my very first match was in Springfield, Ohio. Oh, okay. My second match was in Missouri out at the Chase. Um, and uh, Chase in St. Louis, and then my, uh, and then I, you know, I, I don't, I couldn't even tell you after that, but um, I would say then after that, like I, the very first one that I had in Cobo Hall, I worked with Rick Bolton. Um, so, um, I'm just kind of curious was, um, about about the uh, the gimmicks that you've done over the years. Is there any one that particularly stands out that you uh, like the most or the one that you didn't really want to do? But, I mean, obviously you're going to do it, but um, is there your your favorite to your least favorite one? Uh, no, there's no real, you know, least favorite one the least favorite ones were the ones that didn't make me any money right and those were probably the ones where i just didn't have i didn't have a definable personality 
you know, it, and it were it was a gimmick that wasn't really me, and as a result, it didn't really it didn't really sell. It didn't communicate. So, um, and I and again, I didn't make any money. Right. Um, you know, those were the ones that really sucked. Were the ones that I didn't make any money with. Right. Um, you know, but uh, um, but I really the thing is is that I really didn't have a ton of different gimmicks. Um, over the years, I just went through a phase with WWE where they were trying to assign me a character um, and trying to find something that fits so that I could have a definable personality in the ring. Because what held me back for a lot of years was that lack of a definable personality. Uh, you know, being able to have the audience leave the building or finish watching the show and go, Hey, there's this guy, Al Snow, and he's A, B, C, D, E, you know, you know, a sentence or less. Um, and you know, if you don't have that, it doesn't matter, you know, how good you are in the ring. Um, you're just not going to, you're not going to be marketable. Right. Um, do you have a top five opponents that you've uh, wrestled over the years that you've been in the ring? Uh, I used to love to work with Bubba Brazil, and um, and then I spent a lot of time both, you know, I wrestled him several times, but um, but also spent more time with him when he was my our manager as the Fabulous Kangaroos, and that was Al Costello because Al taught me a lot of about hooking and how to be a catch wrestler and, um, and, um, um, which was awesome. And, um, you know, uh, I loved to work with Chris Candido. He was just like, it was a night off, um, every day. He just was so, so much fun and so easy. And, uh, Chris Benoit, you know, really enjoyed, um, wrestling him. Uh, um, quite a bit um, could, could match. He was one of the few people that if I was got really aggressive with, he could be he'd stay and would just be able to work with. Huh. Um, and it was that was cool. Um, Bob Holly, of course, and you know um, there are a lot of lot of different guys um, up and down from you know Shane Douglas uh, was awesome to work with. Um, and, uh, uh, but there's a, it's a long list. I really don't like sometimes to, you know, mention names because if I don't mention somebody, then right. I feel insulted. Like, well, what about me? But it's like, well, I just forgot, you know, it's just like, there's, there's, yeah. I don't want to sit here in for half an hour and go down every, the list of every guy that, you know, I ever worked with, like from 82 on. Right. No, I, I get it. You know, there's, I, I've had that issue before too, when I'll do speeches or, um, when I'm tagging somebody in there for like a barbecue vending event that I'm doing and they, you know, they'll text me on the phone and be like, Hey, well, you didn't mention me. I was like, well, dude, I didn't mean to, I try to get everybody in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now I've noticed that OVW is starting to do, uh, shows on YouTube, or maybe they have been doing shows on YouTube, but I just recently noticed that they were trying to do, or they are doing, um, shows on Tuesdays. Uh, and I've watched, we produce a live television show. Um, 
and we've been we've been producing the, the television show. I think we're on episode 1,062 or something. Um, last October, we did our 1,000th consecutive episode of television broadcast television. So I uh, decided that because we 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 put the you know put the show on YouTube. We've always put it up on YouTube, but we I decided that we would go live both on broadcast TV and on YouTube at the same time. And we moved to Tuesday nights because historically, wrestling since the 1940s has always been on a Tuesday night here in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Right on. Um, and so I just thought that, you know, and it, with the challenge of both NXT and AEW being live on Wednesday nights, um, which we were had been for quite a few years on Wednesday night, um, I just thought, well, it was better that we just move ourselves to Tuesdays. I, I absolutely love the program. I watched it with my son. Oh, thank I go, you. I, uh, and this is the truth. I'm not buttering your bris- biscuits or bread or anything like this, though they, they, the cliche saying is. But, like, I honestly like sat my son down because I've always been intrigued about the OVW concept. But what I was saying was is that uh, there's the, OVW is the top premier, like, training facility, in, in my opinion, because of the talent pool consistently coming out of that. And... When I watched that episode on that Tuesday, obviously nothing's changed with that talent pool because that is an amazing talent pool that you have down there. In a uh, rebuilt and, uh, you know, OVW has had a lot of years where it just kind of... And... But now we're... We're back on track. You know, we're really working hard to improve the quality of the vision show um, and um, and give a, a really, for people out there, like for you, part of the other motivation for going live um, instead of doing the tape show is that for a wrestler to gain experience on live TV, knowing how to perform, uh, knowing how to keep time, you know, knowing where the cameras are, how to um, things. There's no place to get thrown in the deep end with, say, WWE or AEW now, you know, right. uh, for a lot of these performers. The first time they've ever been on live TV is when they're out there on a national platform on live TV. Right. And, you know, that's the last place that you want to be learning. You know, you need a place like what, what I have here where you can come and you can perform. And then, you know, every single week I watch back the, uh, all the matches taping. I watch them back on a Monday night and uh, go over what everybody's done, you know, how they, how they handle clothes, their body language, their positioning with the king, um, you know, their uh, in-ring performance. They communicate what they were supposed to <clears throat> You know, you've sold the audience promos uh, and your backstage vignettes, but then character you just become another wrestler with a pair of trunks right um you know 
so there are a lot of a lot of things that live television show that people don't realize if they never this is one place that um, professional wrestlers can come and they can you know experience and make mistakes um, without ending their careers because it's not on a national you know it's you know it's and then that way they can hone their craft and polish themselves and then that way when they get an opportunity with WWE or AEW and they're thrown right out there on live TV, then it's not like it's a brand new experience. They, right. they know what's expected. They know what they need to do. They know how to do it and they know how to capitalize on that opportunity because they've gone through all the experience here. Um, with your time on other uh, like shows and stuff, have you adapted some of that like from like tough enough and that stuff, or have you always, had your you know your set um set goals in mind when you're training a, an athlete uh in ovw i always have trained the same way which was the way that i was trained um and i feel that um you don't just teach people what to do you teach them you know so that they have an understanding of what it is they're learning and why they're learning it and is applicable as they go along. Like, you know, it, it's teaching someone how to wrestle is no different than teaching people how to read. Right. Um, the wrestling moves are nothing more than the alphabet. Because in order for you to learn in the alphabet, the second thing is how to put those letters in the alphabet together. And then you put to make sentences and then you put to make paragraphs and then those paragraphs together to make a chapter and then those chapters together to make <clears throat> and the same goes with professional wrestling you know you're learning uh, wrestling moves but you're learning them you're really learning are not just wrestling moves you're learning how to utilize those and put them together to start making simple sentences and then how to take those sentences, put them together, make longer sentences that communicate more of an idea and a, and a, and a character uh, and, a, and a reason behind it. Um, and then ultimately being able to put those all together and continue to make more and more uh, complicated, more uh, elaborate, you know, pictures telling greater stories um, because you have an understanding of what it is you're doing and why you're doing it. Right. No, um, that's exactly like how we would do with like coaching uh, football. Um, you know, you, you have to show them the right way, the wrong way. You don't just, you know, um, do it the backwards way, which what a lot of them do. Uh, my last thing is, is that do you have anything that you would want to say um, that's coming up uh, for like OVW or any shows that you're going to? Um, I do thank you for educating me on that because, you know, I, I was naive. I always thought that, you know, they should, wrestlers should do a little bit more on the show, but you've, you know, opened my eyes and I've always said, you got to be a little more open-minded and, you know, take criticism and stuff about, you know, thinking a certain way and you just, you better yourself. Well, well, yeah, I mean, we're all always, all of us are always learning. I mean, even after, you know, I've been in professional wrestling for 38 years and 
you know, I'm still learning myself, you know, and I learn every day. Um, we're doing a, you know, big television event, uh, tonight and, uh, you know, um, and we're, you know, going to be learning and I'll be learning something more about professional wrestling, about, you know, promoting and, and producing uh, live events and, you know, the whole nine yards, uh, you know, every time. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's great to great part of it. You know, it's, I always, um, think of wrestling, professional wrestling, like peeling an onion. I mean, you're just layers and layers and layers and you just keep learning and finding more things. Um, and, uh, you know, all I can tell people is that, you know, every Tuesday night, uh, eight o'clock, you know, we have a uh, live television on WBMA channel 21 here regionally in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, but also on our YouTube channel, you can watch it. Um, and, you know, understand we're, you know, getting our feet wet and we're, we're learning the ropes, but also we're trying to work with some outdated equipment with updated technology and some of it's not marrying together very well. So, it's causing some challenges, but just bear with us because we're going to get through them. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, uh, January 11th, um, uh, tonight we've got the big Christmas chaos, uh, show January 11th. We have, uh, we're going to have our, uh, nightmare rumble, which is just like the Royal rumble. It's always a lot of fun. Um, February 21st and 22nd, we're going to be doing, uh, a co-promoted combined shows with impact wrestling. Uh, potentially in uh, Lexington and then also in Louisville uh, here at Davis Arena. And, um, you know, and then we're just continuing to build the school. Open enrollment uh, uh, starting the winter quarter. Um, so if anybody has any interest, they can go to aswa.live. And if they want more information on OVW, they can go to ovwrestling.com. Um, if people want to follow me on social media, they can follow me at the Real Al Snow, uh, both on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I've got the little blue check mark there now, but before I did, I had to always say it was the Real Al Snow because there were some fakes out there. And yeah. When there would there'd be some fakes out there, imposters, I'd always message them and go, "Look, come on, really? I mean, if I'm going to fake being a celebrity, I'd set the bar higher." I mean, right. It's fake. They just had but, somebody you know, with uh, Shayna Baszler. Uh, she had to put a statement out. Somebody was messaging people saying that if you gave such and such, we'll send you this eight by ten picture or whatever, and it wasn't even her. So, yeah, it, it's I don't understand people why they do that at all. I don't either. But, uh, you know, yep. so. And if they want, they're interested. dot com. They can use the code. They can take an additional 10% off of anything they find there. I think we have a big, we have a big uh, sale. It's about 45% off. So if you take, you add that 10% on there, then it's another, you know, it's literally 55% off of anything you want to buy. I will write that down uh, when I post this um, in the description. Uh, I want to thank you very much for coming on. Uh, like I said, it's been a pleasure and an honor. Um, uh, I know you're very busy. Uh, I understand that, and I just want to say thank you once again. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you giving me the time. Yep. Thank you. Have a good one. Have a nice day. Yep. Bye. Bye.
Imagine a world where boring DJs play the same 40 songs over and over. Another deep cut by Aerosmith. Walk this way on Boring 102.7. Where radio stations play 16 minutes of commercials every hour. <laughs> this is Carrie from Gary Chevrolet. And I'm Carrie from Jerry Chevrolet. Where the request line just rings and rings and rings and rings. That would suck. Radio doesn't have to suck. The only live local rock and roll radio show anywhere in the Sioux Empire. Actually playing music in the morning and the music you want to hear. Your requests at 605-215-5272. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Tune in at kbackradio.com on Apple Music or on your Alexa or Google Home enabled device. Also on the Live 365 and tune in mobile radio apps. kbackradio.com. This isn't some corporate VP of programming's rock. This is our rock. What an interview. That was absolutely awesome. Thank you, Mr. Al Snow. Thank you very much. Thank you, OVW. Thank you, Collar and Elbow Brand. Thank you very much. James P. Warholic, Kodai Radio Network, loves you, respects you. Thank you, brother. Much respect for help setting that up. You heard the man. Go to CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Save you some money. Put in snowman i repeat snowman is the code put it in save you money get a great gift for the holidays obw is just getting bigger and better like they always have they always do uh they got big things going next year with impact wrestling and some other events for themselves man pro wrestling is just getting better and better i want to thank everybody i want to thank bear within us thank you once again everybody peace i'm out